Hello, Harris here. I play bass and shout things in the ska punk band Police. I'm interrupting the start of this wonderful podcast to plug our debut album, Nocturnal Spirits. We've been around for ages and made the brilliant move of waiting till a global pandemic to release our debut album. Uh, you can buy it on Bandcamp for £2 and hopefully more physical copies coming soon. You can also find us on Spotify and give us a shout on Facebook or Instagram if you want a t-shirt or just want to say hi. So yeah, enjoy the podcast. Whoever Liam's got on, probably someone cool. But first, here's Apocalypse by us. Police, as in no rice. Cheers. As hellfire is the ground, but the dead bodies lay all around. Death is here and it's coming for what you got. A life of despair, but do you really care or not? Welcome to the Punks and Pubs podcast. My name is Liam Bird and I hope you are all doing well. Myself, I've been doing some COVID firsts. I uh, went on a plane, so I had to go for an airport. Fuck me, airports are uh, horrible now, aren't they? <laughs> they were never great in the first place, but fuck me, you can see disease. Um, so yeah, I just got back from my first ever visit to Ireland and I have to say... Not bad island, not bad. Uh, it's a beautiful country, and I was down on the west coast uh, on the Atlantic View or Atlantic Drive. I don't know what they call it, but I, I got to see a lot of cliffs and sea. It was very pretty and drink a lot of Guinness. But I was originally over there for a friend's wedding, and uh, I was one of the best men. At the wedding, I was forced to try my hand at some Irish dancing, and let's just say my Irish ancestry did not provide me 
with any rhythm in the lower half of my body. As I said, I was there for a wedding. I don't know if any of you listening has been a best man or a maid of honor uh, and you have to give a speech. It can be quite terrifying, but this wasn't my first time doing the best man duties because I was the best man at my friend's John's first wedding. So I was there doing best man duties again at his second marriage. I don't know why he kept the same best men because you're just asking yourself for more abuse in the speech. He is a sadist. So I kind of want to share with you my speech, the beginning of my speech, of my best man speech, to see if you if you laugh <laughs> because the reception I got uh, wasn't the reception I was going for in my first line of my joke. I just quickly set the scene. There was a father of a bride. They'd just given their speech. Father of the groom has just given his speech. The groom himself has given his speech and there's there was also three best men so two best men giving individual speeches and then it came to me i was the last person to give a speech so we're around about 30 45 minutes into speeches and that's far too long so i decided to start my speech like this hello good people my name is liam bird and i know you have sat through a lot of speeches but don't worry just like john's first marriage i'll be very quick now i thought it was funny uh, but I, I must say, I think I would have got a better reception if I grabbed a puppy and drowned it in a bucket. And strangely enough, I think that's actually quite a good link into uh, my guest for episode 74 of this podcast. My guest for episode 74 is not afraid of causing offence. In fact, I would even dare to say he quite enjoys it. Martin Jacuse is a name that you may not have heard of. His band, The Tiger Lilies, is one that you may not know. But I can guarantee one thing. They are probably going to be the most unique band I've had on this podcast. And I would also argue they're probably one of the most unique bands in the world. Remember when I said I was bringing this podcast back and I only wanted to talk to people who interest me? Well, this is one of those interviews. So this interview is kind of a bit like the Tiger Lilies themselves. There's going to be elements that are dark. Martin is peculiar (laughs) with moments of deep sadness and very black humor. I believe the Tiger Lilies are a punk band, but others may disagree And I'm intrigued to know how you, the audience, find this episode. I think it's truly going to be a love-hate one. So, some Tiger Lily facts. Uh, The band formed in 1979 and have gone on to release over 30 albums on subject matters such as Jack the Ripper, uh, World War I poems, uh, Hamlet, Religion, Bestiality and COVID-19. Something for everyone. This band is not for the faint-hearted. They have brought their unique sounds to people all over the world and has sold out amphitheatres and theatres doing such. In this episode, I speak to Martin about leaving home and heading off to London to escape a life of crime and finding his creative self in the capital. Martin talks about how punk influenced his music and his stage persona. In particular, we talk about John Lydon. Martin also proclaims his hate for Metallica and rock music and Glastonbury. He goes after the big three, even though he has been asked to play Glastonbury. And for some reason, he brings up Depeche Mode a lot in an indifferent manner. Uh, We also talk about an aging audience, retirement, hipsters, and the Dresden Dolls not giving the Tiger Lilies their props. So here it is, episode 74 of Punks in Pubs, with myself and Martin of the Tiger Lilies. all podcasts we'll, we'll start like we haven't just had a chat mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, I'll pretend that I've only just met you and you've only just sat down and picked up the mic okay politeness British politeness Martin how are you I'm, I'm very well got a nice cup of tea and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a scone yep with some cream and uh, yeah no, it's very um, uh, no, no I'm, 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 I'm good we're, having, we're here in Wilton's um, music hall playing playing every night and uh, after not really playing for the last 
uh, 18 months uh, it's, it's nice nice to be playing again do you yeah. get nerves before a show and like do you get nerves now because it has been so long and you yeah. are performing in front of yeah, audience yeah I get nervous and uh, and uh, it's um it's it's funny it's really really odd you know after because you know i'm getting on a bit now and uh having spent so many years playing live you know it became quite routine and then you ha- and then stopping as she's just stopping for 18 months it makes it very it's quite strange mm. you know actually having you 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 forget all the things you've, you you forget things that you do you know like as a as a performer tricks and devices you know that you 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 learn and uh they're all they're all, they've all you haven't done them for 18 months and so yeah. you suddenly oh god oh and then and and you, I, it's every night i i can see that it's getting a bit more i'm getting back i'm clawing my way back to being the way i was before you know it stopped so the place that you are actually performing the, the wilson's music hall it is a beautiful venue and yeah and possibly mm-hmm one of the most stunning old-fashioned mm. music halls and it's kind of I well, was, they claim it's the oldest music hall in the world well i do have some facts if uh-huh. you like some 1859 mm. uh, allegedly when this first opened up yeah. as a music hall and it was a beer hall mm. so people used to come and get pissed and, mm. and enjoy themselves and um funny enough we're not that far away from uh, Whitechapel, which mm. is a uh, Jack the Rippers, of course. former stomping ground, yeah. and uh, you've obviously uh, done a show about Lulu, and who's one of the victims of Jack the Ripper. Sure, yeah. it all, all fits, all fits together. It's, well, I, uh, yeah. well, I was going to ask, like, is it is a venue, the style of the venue, and and the feel of a venue? Do you does that play in a part of when you're booking it, or is it a case of just fucking book it? <laughs> like, we need a place. It can, it can play a part. I mean, I think, but I think it's also. Uh, so the people that book us, mm. you know, plays a part in the sense that they they do a, they have a certain feeling for what they want to have on in their venue, and if they think about the Tiger Lilies as as something which would fit into their venue, yeah. then they're going to book it. So I would imagine for the for the people that run this place having the Tiger Lilies in it. Is, is is a nice nice fit you know because mm. as you say we, we sang all these songs about uh jack the ripper and white chapel and uh, uh and so it sort of fits it we, we fit into there you know and we we're victorian anyway uh you know our style is is very influenced by victorian uh, music well, I mean, fits how have you found it Coming back to the UK, because um, we were speaking a little bit off mic that you, that you now kind of reside in Berlin and, and in, in Athens and Greece. Mm-hmm. Is this the first opportunity you've been had to come back to the UK since the whole COVID thing started? Oh, no, I, no, I, I came back, uh, I think it was last, I, I came back for a bit last Christmas, I think it was. No, no, I, I still, I still, uh, I still have quite a lot of people I know here yeah. and stuff, you know. So no, I still I still come back to London, and you know I love I love it. Lots of old historic places like this place, yeah. You know, and uh, I feel at home. I, I get more uncomfortable when I go out out of London, you know, into the countryside. That's when I start to feel a bit uncomfortable in, in the UK, as <laughs> you know, sort of weird kind of right-wing brexit type people you know and my mum and dad they they lived in uh, they come from a place called maidenhead slough maidenhead cookham you know this kind of area and uh, there was lots of the, they were thatcher you know they they, they my mum used to look like margaret a bit like margaret thatcher you know but then of course margaret thatcher was actually not a brexiter no she was actually pro europe so that's really different and theresa may who you know was a former prime minister she actually was also not really a brexiter so then she's the mp for maidenhead so actually maidenhead was actually as a, a small bastion of not exactly brexit <laughs> but uh still i still feel uncomfortable with i generally feel uncomfortable with uh, you know kind of right-wing traditionalists that that kind of traditionalism i feel you know i'm pretty uncomfortable with really so 
growing you kind of said you spoke you grew up in around slough and um that area growing up did you did you feel kind of like different from from the people who you're surrounding yourself with and i asked that question because i grew up in a town called newark which is a town in on the border between lincolnshire and nottinghamshire and it's a very conservative Mm -hmm. uh, area and Mm. like growing up i i very quickly realized that my mindset and my mind thought and and creative belief was was constantly shat on if i'm completely honest told don't don't deal with any of that you you need to have a proper job Mm. well i i don't know i it's it's a funny thing because i actually um i went to the roughest school in uh in Maidenhead and it was it was my schoolmates were like lorry drivers sons and stuff you know so I'm not really sure I don't I didn't actually I had a very pretty um I didn't have a nice upbringing it was pretty um violent as well I had like there were like knife fights and things and people wandering around with bandages on their wrists and things so I don't know. I didn't have a very, uh, I didn't have a very nice upbringing actually, and I didn't really have that sort of pressure to conform exactly because they were mad. A lot of the people I was with, you know, they were crazy, crazy people. But I mean, I got away from them as quickly as I could and escaped to London. I always felt, I always felt that it was the, it was the great escape to mm. come for me to just to get out of that place and escape. To London, but it wasn't escaping because I had all these kind of people saying to me, "You, you should, uh, you should become an engineer." It was more like, "You should become a, you should become a thief, a gangster," and I, you, you know, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be a thief and a gangster, so I just was very happy to get away from them. And I, I, I don't, I, I have no contact with any of those people. I no contact whatsoever. I I don't know what happened to them. You know, yeah. I, funnily funnily enough, some of them I actually uh, liked. I I still like. I can still think about some of them, and they were tough tough boys. But uh, some of them were nice, and some of them liked me. So it's not like I hate them or anything. Well, some, well, some of them I hated, but the ones that were nice, I I liked them. Um, but. I kind of imagine they probably carried on living the same in the same way and the same life, and I didn't want to be like that, you know. I didn't want to, so I was glad it was. A, as I say, I escaped to London. You know? See, so people who listen to this podcast already kind of know my story. Of it's kind of similar. I mm. I, I left at seventeen my home. It was a very uh, difficult child, like difficult household. There was mm. drug abuse. There, oh, like, okay. kind of like yourself. Yeah. There were gangsters coming into my house and just oh, right. yeah. let, letting themselves in and making themselves feel welcome. And mm. at the age of like fifteen, I'm looking around like I don't want to be around any of these. Oh, but there, sounds there, quite similar. I, but there was mm. a lot of pressure on me to adapt to that. Even mm. so, my mum had so me, me and my brother are strained now. Um, but we have two different fathers mm-hmm. and we have two different last names and his last name was Costal mm. and everyone used to call me Little Costal even mm-hmm. though my last name is Bird mm. so even in people trying to take my name away from me and make me part of their world mm-hmm. made me feel very uncomfortable mm. so I, I can I can kind of understand the idea of dramatically trying to pull yourself away mm. and kind of heading to the city and going well anyway it's fucking better than here did, did you feel that because well, you ended up in a squat Mm-hmm. And and I think squats in the 80s, mm-hmm. the way I would see it is uh, mattresses on the floor and a bucket in there for number one and number two. W- mm-hmm. Was that the case? And were you kind of like, I don't care where the fuck I'm going. I mm. just need to get out. Yeah, it was a bit like that. It was, it was, it was good. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I was quite lucky with um, my squatting. I actually managed to have, a, I had a toilet. Oh, I had a radiator, <laughs> you know, electric radiator and a mattress and stuff so yeah i was quite lucky with it really but uh yeah you know it was uh, definitely uh, an escape being with people that i uh, had more in common with and i kind of went to the i went, remember i used to go to the hope and anchor in islington and all this was back in the you know the sort of eight uh, early 80s i suppose and and um, sort of, and the, I used to go and see, go to concerts, and there were all these punk punk concerts I used to go to, and uh, ska, lots of 
bands I saw that actually became really famous. Um, I saw them in tiny little um, little venues. You know, I mean, the stray. Cat, I saw the stray cats in in the basement in the Hope and Anchor. I thought they were amazing. They were really good, and they they were like you know there was just three of them. Well, look the, the, what happened. They became you know they became really successful and all that. I saw people like Depeche Mode, you know, and they were they looked like they looked like they were children basically, and they were so young and probably weren't they're probably the same age as me, but they were but they were like you know playing in little clubs and you know all these bands. Uh, that, that really had before, and then that, then the whole thing exploded. You know the sort of, uh, and they all became big big stars. Let's talk about punk because you kind of touched on it. And this is a punk podcast. Well, that's um, what I, was, I was thinking that's why I sort of talked about it a little bit. You know. <laughs> Play the game, you know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's because you must have been what hitting your seventeen, eighteen, nineteen when punk started coming through. Yeah, yeah. I was I always felt I was a bit young. Yeah, you know, for example, I worked with Steve Severin, mm. and uh, he he was uh, uh, he worked on um, a, 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 an album with the Tiger Lilies, and was a Tiger Lilies fan. And he um, he's a few years older than me. The other advantage, if that's the right word, was that he actually lived in London, and I didn't live in London. I lived in you know a suburb in yeah. Maidenhead when punk was something I don't think which we, I don't think we even knew what that was you know we're a few years behind you know when you so uh, he was in Bromley and he kind of got on with you know he met all these other punks and the Bromley contingent you know <laughs> I I think he was a really he's a really good um, good musician and a really uh, talented uh, talented man Steve Severin and uh what he did with uh, Susie and the Banshees was uh, was really really good. So he was he was and and you know I think they they they're the kind of uh, that's definitely the sort of side of punk which um, I would probably be more I'd feel a link with yeah. you know so it, I I I don't really um, get that sort of what was it called punk not dead thing you know yeah. where where it's sort of. I mean, actually, I don't know. I, I don't want to generalise too much because actually some of the people in that can be quite funny, I think, as well. Was that was Watty? Was it a Watty or something? And he was, I think he has heart. He's, I think he's still alive even. He's had heart attacks. I think he's got a dodgy heart, I think, poor guy. But, yeah, but, you know, I think that was probably more that, that whole kind of, um, you, you know, I, I always, the, the, the thing about punk, the, the one, there's one thing about punk which, which always stuck in my head. As Adrian still wears her clothes, Vivian Westwood's clothes, to this day. I think he's got a Vivian Westwood suit. He'll be wearing a Vivian Westwood suit tonight. But uh, I'm not, I've never worn her clothes. But there was one thing she said, which I think really went into my head and stayed there. And she said that punk is not about, it, it's, 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 an, it's much more an attitude than um, it is... Um, a style so when you you know and you see that this sort of what happens with with things is they very quickly become stylized so we all know what punk music is you know don't we that's the problem <laughs> you know and and i think that i what i what i liked uh, what i still like i mean i think that what i do is is punk is punk music yeah um but it's it, it, it's but it's about an attitude is the yeah. attitude it's not about the fact that you play a gibson sg and you play it through a i don't even know what i'm talking about now because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I i'm so ignorant of that whole style but you know the rock the the, the kind of rock yeah way is uh, it's punk rock it's called punk rock well i was i'm you know, I'm some more interested in the, the attitude of punk rather than actually the cliches. You know, which which it created. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's why the, the the I'm going to use bunny ears that it died on its ass was because punk was not going to have punk rock. The music was never really going to have any longevity because no. it, was, it was going to eat itself dead yeah. because of the, the attitude. But I think the reason that for me personally, I, I've always loved punk and the ethos of punk is kind of what you spoke about. It mm. is it isn't really just the music. It is about. Um, 
like you said, your band I would class as punk, even mm. though some people might hear it and go, well, that's not punk. Well, mm. actually, well, what you've got is three guys on stage mm. talking about bestiality. Mm. I mean, what the fuck is more punk than that? Like, it's... Yeah, I think so. I think, so. I think that's, that was my idea was... That was my idea, you know. It was to... Because, so, you know, that's, that's where I grew up. And that's when I was young. That was the sort of the thing that was going and... And you were influenced by that quite a lot. So even though, you know, I've uh, moved on and listened to many other kinds of music, there's definitely, that is part of my, you know, psychology and my heritage is, is that the attitude of punk. <laughs> Because the, the bestiality album that I spoke about was called Farmyard Filth mm. from '97. Mm. Do you look back and go, well, I mean, people spoke about like this Johnny Rotten, like criticizing the royal family, and that was such a, a big thing at the time, and, and everyone's like, well, that's so punk. And mm-hmm. do you, are you like, well, no, <laughs> like this album is punk as fuck. Like, maybe, like everyone who talks about Johnny Rotten selling butter now, like mm. the guy's the biggest sellout, in my opinion. In, in in any music genre like mm-hmm. do, do you you kind of touched on it but like do you see yourself as a punk well i i, I, I no i i, I think yeah. i i feel that that it's part of me yeah you know it's part of me you know and and uh, um i think you can um yeah it, it was an attitude and i think that uh uh, there were there is an element of, of Johnny you know you mentioned Johnny Rotten well I think there's an element of me you know he influenced me and there's something in him for example he always he in his early interviews he I, I'm pretty sure he said that the the whole kind of music festival thing was not punk well I've never been to a music festival in my entire life you know apart from the ones we had to play at which I didn't really enjoy very much generally but you know that that he said i think he said that this music festivals and then i think it was also quite anti drugs in the early days i don't know i'm not sure if he's ever really been into drugs but maybe he was i don't know i don't know, really know him uh, anyway but but you know um so there was an el- there were elements of, of him i think when he was very you see you said you say he's a sellout and i wouldn't necessarily disagree with you that he is a sellout but i think in the, his very early days when he was there with the, the Sex Pistols and Malcolm McLaren and stuff. I think he probably was 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 pretty cool. I mean, I think Malcolm McLaren, who who died, uh, didn't he recently, or not even that yeah, recently? Well, well, it was recently. It was, you know. But he died. <laughs> what did he, he, he? I think he. Yeah. Anyway, he said that he turned into a bit of a pear. <laughs> that, was his, that was his expression about Johnny, Johnny, and I think he probably, I think he probably did turn into a bit of a pair. But I think when he was younger, I think a lot of the attitudes that he had was actually was pretty good. Because I have, I've heard you talk about going to watch punk shows, and, and I heard you saying about going to watch Cockney Rejects and just oh, a lot yeah. of was, what West Ham yeah. <laughs> being yeah. thrown around. Yeah. But like when yeah. when you're kind of watching these bands and mm. and you have an aspiration to to kind of be on stage as well, are you taking things from the lead singer? Because on stage you have a presence, and mm. I think what punk is very good at is mm. the lead person having a presence and drawing eyes to them. Yeah. So was that something you did take from when you were oh, watching? Definitely, these bands? when I was young you know like when in those early days i'd i used to go i remember i liked to slaughter and the dogs i remember i but I, what i liked about them was the fact that i think he had a he he had so i think he might have had some makeup on and he had a, a a necktie and they used like a flashing light and then i remember going and seeing a, in fact i played in a band supporting them Bauhaus, and you know like they had this strobe light and makeup you know and 
was doing a lot of pointing. I remember that. I was doing a lot of pointing. And um, so that was uh, Bella Lugosi's Dead. And, and, and so, you know, that, that, that theatre-type side of it, I thought that was pretty cool, you know, interesting. What was another? I'm just, just trying to think of all the bands. Classics Nouveau. He shaved all his hair off, and he had these glasses these mirror glasses and they shone, they shone a laser at his glasses and then the, they, the, the light shone off of his glasses and sort of went somewhere else and it was like, oh, pretty good. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, I was young and I did, I was influenced by all these different p- people and then, and then uh, Scar and, uh, I mean, things like the Specials and Hammond Organ and, you know, that was also something which uh, I think I liked. So you do, you're young and you're, you, 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 you're, you're absorbing all these different, influ- you know, influences. And then, I, and then I suppose things like the Pogues, you know, Gypsy, Gypsy music, which yeah. was also something. Well, you know, they probably helped a little bit, you know, they gave me a little push in that direction and uh i was uh i sang in uh i sang in the band that became bow wow wow and uh they 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 were using things like gretch big gretch guitars and and different kinds of drum beats and so you you listen to all this stuff and you you open up to music and then you, i don't know then i kind of went discovered jazz and started listening to you know like jazz music and cabaret and berlin cabaret and all this stuff and and that kind of all inspired me as well you know so it's a sort of a musical journey that i made you know but punk was right there at the beginning of it so so you know. who who was bringing this music into your life then like so, like from a young age was there someone like a friend or someone like that who was bringing music or was it uh, all self-discovery i mean i, I remember Ch- uh, chelsea chelsea library the, the, you know, on, King, on the King's Road, I used to go in there, and I just used to get all these records. You know, you could you could become a member of, uh, and uh, so I just used to take all these records home with me. Amazing, and then I'd listen to, you know, J- J- Duke Ellington, and oh my God, and Miles Davis and Charlie Parker, and uh, and um, who was the other one? So Glenn Miller, I really like Glenn Miller. Even Glenn Miller, I really like. You know, I, I listen to this stuff. You know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was wonderful. I mean, that has been the great uh, love of my life, I suppose. It's been music. You know, I've really, really liked it. And uh, yeah, there's there's certain styles of music I'm not a big fan of. You know, like I never really got into prog rock, or uh, uh, for example, or. Uh, uh, heavy, you know, all these other, you know, all this kind of rock music generally. Mm. I mean, I've, I've never, rock music, I've never really related to it at all. You know, I look at people like Metallica with horror. I mean, I, absolute horror. And yet they're one of the most popular bands in the world, aren't they? And, and I think they're, I think they're awful. And they're, I think they're complete wallies as well. Like absolute wallies, you know. I like, I like, I think Lemmy is pretty cool. But uh, Metallica, oh god! So, so you, know. you kind of said that a lot of people listen to it. Do you look at it and go, "What's wrong with them?" Or do you go, "What's wrong with me? Why? Why can't I understand this?" Or is it, "What the fuck? Why do you like this?" Well, I mean, I think I do think, "Why? What the fuck?" I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why. I mean, I find it really hard. You know, I mean, so much, of, you know, Glastonbury. You know, and all these people going to festivals and listening to all this awful rock music you know i i don't understand it i really don't it seems it just seems like most of the people in the music business are there they're not there they're there to make money i mean that's what it's about mm. music business is about making money and they you make so much money in it i mean i don't blame them in a way i mean they're they're making loads of money, aren't they? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, but 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 I don't know. I mean, it's it's the whole kind of rock thing, the whole rock circus, and uh, I'm getting old. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm over sixty now, so it's like I don't really uh, uh, modern modern music generally. I, I I kind of lost touch really yeah. with it. I'm sure there's some great stuff out there, you know, but I'm not. I, I, I'm you know. So, yeah. at what point did you go? I enjoyed listening to this. Mm. Now I want to contribute to this. Do you remember the moment? Oh, I was dreaming about it all through my 20s. You know, I was dreaming about becoming a... I, I always, And then I got to a 30 and I thought, well, actually, you know what, if I, if I, I should really get on stage and start doing this now because otherwise 
I'm never going to do it. So when I got to about 30, I got, went out, got an accordion, and six months later I started performing because mm. I thought, you know, I really should start to perform now, you know. I had this idea that I shouldn't rush on stage because I could learn... I should learn how to play and learn how to sing. And I used to go to the city lit, and I used to have singing lessons, and I'd have, uh, I'd go into uh, opera lessons, and then I'd, I went. I, mean, I remember going to the jazz singing class, and uh, every day, every every lesson, there was an old showgirl like was leading the jazz singing class. Every lesson, I'd sing a cover a standard. I'd sing a you know autumn leaves or something like this and she, she was she'd kind of go well, well thank you and then went on for six months and then she and then after six months she said said to me she said why don't and then she there was the, the music was there on the piano she said why don't you do the blah 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 and you know, move up and i said oh i can't read any of that and she went what do you mean i said i, I can't read music and she so you're singing all this music and you're you can't read music she it was like she couldn't understand it you know but that was that was what i was doing i was just i just you know listen to a record get the tune and sing it you know but she she for her it was a different process you know read you know you're meant to read it but there's loads of singers that don't read i mean it's like billy i'm pretty sure billy holiday didn't didn't know how to read music you know so it's not I, th- I think yeah. a lot a lot of people are self-taught and, and it's, yeah, it's exactly. kind of like drive, isn't it? I mean, it's normal, like, actually, these days. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just an old, very old school lady, you know. You famously said it, you, it took you 15 years to find your sound. Yeah. Uh, which was it did. the Tiger Lilies. At, at what point did you realise, this is my sound, this is where I'm going, this is what I want to do? That's pretty simple, really. I, th- I, th- I just sort of think, well, I'll sing in a high voice and play the accordion. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah, it. That's it. It's done. And then I'll have a double. Ba- I'll have a double bass player and a, a drummer who plays with brushes. And that's it. That's it. And it's, and it's, it's still the same now as it was. It's much the same now as it is. It was then. You know. I thought nobody does that. That's original. Climbing up the heavenly stairs. You know where you're going when you know where you're going to hell. Yes, you're going to hell. You're going down. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> and that's probably when you start asking yourself the question, is he, is he mad? <laughs> is he mad? Why, why, why does he, you know, what, what, why? Yeah, have you ever asked yourself that question? You know, why does nobody sing in a high voice and play the accordion, Martin? Huh? Huh? You know, because you're a little, maybe a little crazy? <laughs> And of course, of course, that's probably. I mean, I laugh, and I think as I've got older, I'm starting to. I'm, I think I laugh more about that. You know, that I am a bit. <laughs> you can't see this, but I'm. My finger is circling my temple. Um, you know, and I think I look at people in the audience looking up at me. You know, and I, I, I can see by the face, facial expressions, they're like, like looking at me, thinking. Oh dear, Martin! <laughs> you really are. You know, you're really you're you're a bit mad, aren't you? You're crazy. You're a crazy one. You know, but that's all right. So, when did you realise that this madness was actually going to take you onto a career? Well, it was uh, from the very first concert. Yeah, so it's from from I knew the off, straight yeah. away. Absolutely, the very first concert. I knew straight away. Just look. I just looked at the audience. Yeah. If you're if you're you know, you know it's uh, if you're good. You're good. Yeah. If you're not good, you're not good. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to explain to uh, young aspiring artists, you know. Because, <laughs> and, and there's all these uh, there's all these teachers out there that tell you tell you the opposite of what I'm 
what I'm saying, you know. You can get, you can, everyone can sing. No, they can't. Everyone can write a song. No, they can't. Everyone can perform. No, they can't. You can or you can't. And I can. So was it a case of like sink or swim once you got on that? So let's say if that went, if that performance was bad, do you think you had, you would have had the confidence to go again? Oh, I, it's, it's, that's a fun, it's funny because it's not actually, that's actually really the opposite of what I just said. It's, it, yeah. what, what, what I'm saying is that I realized on that very first night that I, was going to make a living from it for the I, rest of my life. I understand that. Yeah. So, so even if it went bad or good, you, you knew. Well, you I knew, it, but, but it went good. I know it went good. It, it wouldn't. But, it, but, if it had gone bad, no, no, no. If it had gone bad, I would have known that I was full of shit. No, that, that, you know, if the audience had actually, if the audience had all been like, uh, you know, like, going, oh, fucking hell, you know, if the audience had all done that, but they weren't. They were. I had them trying. I had them cheering. I had them laughing. You know, they they were like totally in the palm of my hand. Mm. So I knew from the I knew from the very first time I walked on stage that I had the I had the power you know I had the power and all the all the artists all the all the people it's 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 not bullshit it's it's like you know if you're when Billie Holiday walked on a stage you know when when I know you don't like it very much when Johnny Rotten walked on a stage (laughs) you know they, they 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 had the audience they had the audience they had the power you know I mean even it's funny even not very good bands like I don't know Depeche Mode or whatever I mean I don't think they're very good but I mean they were they were very good at becoming commercial they were very good they were very good at making money for people <laughs> and making money for themselves you know they're not very good but you know they, they're very good at um, making money mm-hmm. being commercial being popular appearing I mean I'm you know they, they play in a, a, a festival and they play to th- thousands of people who adore them and worship them you know, I, I get invited. I mean, I, I've I've been invited to play at the uh, at um, what's that festival? Glastonbury Festival. You know, I was they they wanted to put me in a tent and pay me six hundred pounds. You know, which I turned down. You yeah. know. But 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 um, that's you know they they are popular popularists. You know. And what I do is very, it's, it's very much like an acquired taste, you know, it's something mm. that some people love it. You know, I've got real fans, like real fans, but I've got hundreds of fans, and maybe in some countries, Mexico, for example, uh, I've got thousands of fans. Um, but Russia, Mexico, Greece, you know, I have thousands of fans in those countries. But they, uh, you know, you, you know that they, they, uh, it's very much more. It's not Depeche Mode. <laughs> I don't, well, definitely I don't understand why. You know, people. I, I mean, I, but, but it's probably it's probably part of my insanity, actually, in a way. You know, I don't understand why all these people love Depeche Mode. I did this in interviews. I suddenly, I, I, fo- I, I get Depeche Mode. I've never even talked about Depeche Mode <laughs> in a fucking interview before. But here I'm going on about them. But anyway, so Depeche Mode have thousands of fans, you know, millions of fans. Yeah. And I have thousands of fans, you know. But I don't really understand why they have got millions of fans. Because, I mean, for me, they're pretty... They're not that bad. They're not that bad, actually. But, you know, as I can think of well, people who are a lot worse than, than them. But... You know, but it's still I don't understand it really. Don't well, it, I mean, I, I would say that the difference between yourself and Depeche Mode mm. is is your obviously your, your style of of music, but it's also your stage presence and and your performance because mm. it is a you're going to watch a music show, but you're also kind of watching a, a theatrical show. You you're watching a stage show and mm. on show, um, and and obviously music is involved. I mean, at what point did you realize? Like you wanted that element of uh, a drama in your show. Was it from day one, or was it like you kind of oh, built definitely up? Definitely from day one. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I, another person I really liked was Jacques Brel. You know, and Edith Piaf and all these people, all very dramatic, mm. very very dramatic. You know, Marlena Dietrich, all very big and dramatic. You know, 
I my problem, um, which I've had in my life, I think generally has been like the, the, the is is to to leave it on the stage. Yeah, because you spend all that time like trying to be overly dramatic, and then in your private life, you shouldn't be like that. But sometimes you tend to bring it off the stage, and you tend to be overly dramatic in your private life as well, which is uh, not very good. And is that something you've learned to kind of damper as you got older? <laughs> well, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not very good, you know, when you're talking about I don't know stuff and and you're waving your arms around and. But that's what you on stage. That's what you do. You're really, you 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 have to make things big yeah. and dramatic. But then it's when you're off stage, you should be much more calm and relaxed, and you know, and you shouldn't get all dramatic about stuff and passionate about stuff. Uh, you shouldn't because it's really tiring and and you piss people off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> people like people that are a bit more laid back and relaxed and easygoing, you know. So I try, but I think it's 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 a bit like it's difficult because when you're on st- when you're on stage, you know, you that's what people like. They like you to be really dramatic and yeah. passionate, and, you know. They don't want you to be kind of Well, of course there are artists that are very laid back on stage. Well, I'm not. <laughs> You're definitely not. You're definitely not. And I, no. I suppose, like, the, the thing that kind of obviously separates you from the, the person you, who's sat in front of me now and the person you're going to be on stage later on mm. is is the face makeup and, and, mm. and the paint. Um, like, how do you think that... I, I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, and I don't know. I've never heard you say this in an interview, so so um, uh, sorry if I'm, I am putting... Do, they, do you think that the whole face paint has has kind of consumed the band now like if, if you don't wear the paint people will be like well I haven't seen the Tiger Lilies well I suppose every every band has its identity you know and uh, I uh, yeah yeah so I suppose you know I think that face the face paint is part of our um, part of our identity now you know we all you know it's like if you stop wearing the trousers you wear or the shoes you wear or the hair or what you know it, it becomes your whatever whatever your podcast is it's it, it has an identity you know it has a certain you know so i suppose it's the same with everybody really yep. you know everybody rep- represents something don't they you know you started out in 89 and then you go on and and you you release several albums and you're playing shows in, in pubs and venues and then all of a sudden you you win two Olivier Awards with the the, the musical uh, yeah. Shockhead Peter mm. how do you go from playing those pubs to all of a sudden being part of this award winning show and then getting probably more of a spotlight obviously than, than you would have if, if you didn't do that because obviously two oh, Olivier yeah. Worlds is going gonna, is gonna to help you kind of Definitely. raise your profile yeah, yeah. so how did that process happen? Somebody said to me do you want to do a uh, do you want to write some songs and appear in a theatre sort of a theatre show yeah. you know and uh, so you said yeah yeah, yeah alright okay yeah yeah and uh, we thought we were just going to be playing in like little back room I mean the, there was a set and it did cost Fifty thousand pounds. They got fifty thousand pounds to build it, which isn't very much money compared to West End things. But you know, it was, yeah. it was a proper set. But they still thought when we when, when we went to the Lyric Hammersmith, they still thought we were going to be in the studio. It wasn't, you know. But they put us in the main house and then became a big hit. So oh, oh fuck, it's full every night, and you know, and but we were still doing the same thing. We were we we were still singing these crazy songs and being mad, and uh, we put some we put some makeup on our faces because uh, it sort of fitted the craziness. I mean, the whole the book, you know, Struble Peter is mm. kind of a crazy book. You know, all the children die, you know, and uh, at the end of every song, I should scream dead. It wasn't like I was. It wasn't like I was doing anything which wasn't didn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like a softer version of the Tiger of this. Um, it, it was still crazy. Mm. It was still just as mad as the things I'd done before. You know. Well, as it often done before, my neighbour from next door one fine summer's day went out to the shops to walk about. 
found it up, poor fella. He took with him his green umbrella. When that one noisy little man, he came out and waved his flag. And William came in jacket too, and brought his wooden hoop with him. And Arthur brought his toys, and joined the other bully boys. Well, those silly bully boys. So everything was uh, fine, really, and and we were just this sort of novelty. A strange novelty show, you know, and uh, it just became. And then we went to play in the West End, and they didn't really know whether it was going to work or not, whether it was going to be a hit. They didn't know, you know. They said that we, you could end up if 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 it's a hit, we're going to make lots of money, and if it's a if it's a if it's a flop, we're going to lose loads of money. That's what the producers said, and uh, they made lots of money because mm. it, it was full every night and uh, sold out eleven hundred people every night, and we played there for eleven weeks at the Piccadilly Theatre, so it was a huge hit, and uh, it was great and it was fantastic, and we were just still being the Tiger Lilies, you know. So it was all it was all very cool and fine, and uh, well, it, well, it was hard it was hard work and. And and people were jealous and pissed off with one another's and uh, you know there's it was all, all all that sort of shit. Success creates terrible pressure, yeah. on puts terrible people under terrible pressure, and and and, and it really it's a terrible thing. Success actually, I mean, you, I think people suffer suffer terribly because of success. You know, so everybody wants, isn't it? Everyone wants to be successful, but. But nevertheless, and it was great. It was all, it was all cool. Artistically, artistically, it was all fine, you know. And it's been pretty much like that through the whole my whole career. I haven't really. I can't look at anything and think, "Oh God, I really let myself down really badly <laughs> there." You know? Oh God, oh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh my God, I made a fool of myself there. Oh, I've been making a, I've been making a fool of myself from the very beginning, you know. But but in a in a good a good way, you know. Like I've always been. I've always been regarded. People have always regarded me as being mad, and crazy, and and loved it. And I, I haven't really, I haven't really, I haven't done anything which I, you know I can honestly say, oh God, I let myself down there. Yeah. I did something, something really commercial and crap. I've never done anything really commercial and crap. And Shockley Peter was the most successful thing I ever did, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is the most successful thing. I probably up until a few years ago I still hoped maybe I'd come up with something that was more successful but no no regrets at all so, so winning something like that does it allow you to be more daring in the art that you want to do because let's face it one of the words I think people would associate with your band is daring well I don't know I I don't I, 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 as I say I've no, no I just uh, I've never been anything I just do what I do you know so I've never really um, it's, it's I suppose I suppose it is daring do you think other I don't people, think of myself as being daring. Do you think other people put too much thought into your band? Whereas you're like, I'm just on stage, I'm just doing what I want to do. When you've got people like myself going, oh, this is daring, this is dangerous. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we're not, people aren't even that interested in us anymore. I mean, <laughs> really, honestly, I'm sorry. I mean, I know, I know I shouldn't be saying this for your <laughs> podcast, you know. But honestly, I mean, I, there was a time when I, we used to crop up in newspapers, uh, you know, mm. the, the Independent. I mean, we must have had some real fans in the Independent at one time, but they were probably all dead now retired but they were they used to used to uh, people used to talk about the tiger lilies and mention us and you know and so and and, 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 you know there was a time when we sort of we did sort of enter into the almost into the mainstream culture as you know as a a daring band you know but now we're i don't know i think i think we're a bit um, i think we're a bit uh you, you know i mean it's like we we've we don't we're doing this show here we haven't had nobody's written about it no, no one's reviewed it or anything you know I think we're kind of just sort of like those, the Tiger Lilies are playing up the road okay <laughs> <laughs> you know should we go and do you want to write, write about them well no not really no everybody every, I mean they've been, people have been writing about them you know I, I, you know there was a time when we were like ooh, ooh there's, there's this new band the, the Tiger Lilies and everyone was really excited and we'd get journalists interview us and, yeah. you know anything but no everybody knows who we are now well not everybody but and all, all the people that are actually interested in sort of more strange things or art or whatever they all know who we are so we don't really get 
not that, not that interested anymore, really. I'm going to say, but do you still got all the fans that really love what we do? So it's just, still it's nice. Nice. I'm not complaining. Yeah, no. I mean, but do, do you care? Like, do do you think what, like really? you would? <laughs> 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 like, would Not you really like, like a, a whole new audience, like younger audience who are kind of... Because let's face it, a lot of young people now are kind of reaching out to the past to try and find new things, where it's they can go, or oh, this is... I don't like using the word, but kind of hipster. Like they like the mm. idea of finding something new, unique oh, yeah. that not many people know about, and then go, mm. "Oh, this is great!" And, and like mm. Tiger Lilies could easily fit into that frame of these okay. are unique. These well, these I'm are not, a bit weird. I would not complain. I wouldn't complain. You know, if, if there was a hot suddenly, all these um, eighteen-year-old hipsters started turning up. Uh, I mean, there was a, the other day. The other day we were playing, and I I looked out on the. Uh, uh, the audience and it was a bit like a you know saga saga tours you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit there was a bit much actually just a smell of piss in the air it was like <laughs> this grey hair everywhere you know so it was a bit that was a bit much you know so uh, I wouldn't mind if uh, so we, we suddenly had a load of 20 year old hipsters um, decided that the Tigers you know were uh, fantastic why'd you do it Jack is it the power over them? Do you burn with hatred for the whores? Or are they the easiest victims? Or do you desire their blood? Driven on and on. Or is it the look of gratitude... On their stricken faces Are you their long-looked-for angel? Who delivers them from this life? Do you think God will be grateful That you deliver the fallen? Will you go to heaven, Jack? Are you the deliverer of a mortal sin? Fated by the angels for your work? Or will you go to hell, Jack? I mean, could you not abandon without, like, material? Last year you put out three albums. Like, you just, you're about to... Put, well, you have put out another album, and I understand it's going to be a trilogy as well. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's, so, that's so, true. So you, you, you still clearly oh, yeah. want to continue to put out content. Oh, yeah. I still... I like, uh, I like writing songs, and I still like doing it all. It's fun, you know. That's what I've always done, and I'll carry on doing it. You know, I've, I've, been miss, I've missed the performance aspect, you know, over the last few years. But, uh, you know, no, it's all, it's, I enjoy what I do and everything, and it's always nice when the audience is full. It's like that last night there were loads of people in the audience, so it's always much more nicer than performing to a half-empty theatre. You know, it's a bit... Uh, it's more difficult to get any kind of an energy going, and, you know feels a bit like you're going through the motions sometimes mm. you know which we've been very lucky we've generally played to big you know like full uh, audiences and theater whatever you know so we we're lucky we've, we've had a, you know we've had a, we've had a really great career you know really we've uh, I've been all over the world I've met interesting people <laughs> I'm just like a, a beauty queen, aren't I? But, but you know, but it's... Uh, careful, Donald but... Trump's around the corner. Do you think with COVID now, do you think there is a first for for kind of live show and comedy and seeing humour in something that has happened to us horrendously, like that has basically been the worst thing that's happened in modern history for us? Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a like that first for dark humour now mm-hmm. to go... I just want to laugh. I'm so sick of just being fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and because I I think that's kind of whereabouts the Tiger Lilies can play their part of bringing humour in very dark subject matters. Mm. So my question really is, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're very polite. You just kind of go, mm, yes. Mm. But I suppose what my my question is like, do you, do you think that your style of music and and kind of laughing at the horrendous is kind of needed now? It's like the, everyone says like comedy is the it's the medicine that's needed. Well, again, you know, I mean, I I wrote two albums 
COVID nineteen one and two, yeah. and not, not not many people took an interest. So, you know, so I I suppose the answer is no, <laughs> not really. I you know I think I I thought oh well you know I don't think anybody's writing any any songs about this really you know you know and uh, so oh well maybe we should you know and then maybe people will think oh but they'll take an interest in it and nobody did. But it's very, it's, it's still pretty funny. I mean, I, th- I think it's, I think it's quite strange that, as to my knowledge, I we're the only band in the world. Well, it's pretty weird. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Really, we're the only band in the world that's written music about COVID nineteen. <laughs> I mean, and yet nobody's interested. <laughs> we're the only band in the world that's written about it. Isn't that really? Isn't that really weird? I think it is. I mean, I do. I think it's really, really strange. Yeah. But nobody's interested. I think your band has inspired many artists. I mean, so you're not going to know them, Keith, but you told me you don't really like newer music. But there's a band called No Effects, and the lead singer of that band created this alter ego called Coca the Clown. Mm-hmm. And I, I very much see the Tiger Lilies oh, inspired yeah. from that. I, and there's then loads of bands. The Dresden I think, I think Dolls, right. oh, which is well, the obvious ridiculous. one. <laughs> ridiculous. Ridiculous. I thought they were a tribute band. <laughs> I saw the, the, the Sophie, our manager, yeah. when, when the, she, she said... Martin, you have to look. You've got a tribute band, and they were, we thought they were a tribute band. We literally thought they were a tribute band, and then we realised they weren't. Well, they were, but they weren't. Yeah. So the same, they, they, they never even. I don't think they even mentioned mentioned us once. No, even I, being I, an did, influence. I, I did try and look to see if they have actually spoke about you as an influence, but they, they hadn't. But it's very clear that it's that just a joke. I, and actually, I find that actually, and I'm being a bit controversial now, which I try not to be. You really, really don't think. That the Tigers have been an influence on you. I mean, it's ridiculous. You, we are. You've totally taken our look, our image, our style of music, and you've made it. You've taken it. Now, why don't you give us some? At least have the honesty to actually say that. I mean, I don't to pretend that Jacques Brel wasn't a huge influence on me or something. So why do you actually pretend? That we're not an influence on you. So something very dishonest there, and something there's something slightly wrong. Do you think because because they yeah. are obviously a, a very big mainstream band? Do you think if they they kind of linked back to the Tiger Lilies, the press might go, oh, so so you're you're inspired by a band who spoke about prostitutes being murdered? Like, do do you think maybe that's an element of it, and they're playing the PR game? Who knows? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't understand. I don't understand a lot of people, really. I think they, 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 they don't. <laughs> That's really, a statement. I just don't understand. I just really don't. You know, I don't get it. It's all. It's all. It's, I think it's a game, and they're all making money. People yeah. are making money, and I've never. I've. You know, I make albums about having sex with animals. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and murdering <laughs> prostitutes. I mean, you know. So I'm obviously not. You know, I'm not playing the game, am I? <laughs> no, I, I can definitely <laughs> say if you're writing albums about that, you're not playing the game. So I don't really understand the people that are playing the game. Yeah. You know, I don't understand. I don't understand what they what, what what's going on in their heads, really. This is my last question. Yeah. I'm very. We want to wrap up, but I mean, I know I know art itself is a big passion of yours. I, yeah. I've seen on your Instagram account that you, you enjoy the brush. <laughs> is there yeah. any point where actually you go? I'm fucking sick of touring now this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna retire i'm done no and the reason and 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 after covid19 under the 18 month lockdown i i think i might have been almost getting to that point Mm. and actually having been forced to retire for the last 18 months i can you know i definitely don't i i like playing and i enjoy it and i want to you know if if my health uh you know is uh continues then I will continue, you know, to uh, perform because I actually get I get very bored and I really I get really bored. I, I you know I, I, it's, it's 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 horrible, you know, like you know just going to an art my art painting studio every day and painting another picture and then writing another album and recording it. It's horrible. It's boring, you know. <laughs> I actually I need I need to actually perform it mm. and you know. Uh, it's the act of creation is nice and fine, but I, yeah, I, the actual it's the actual live playing live 
which is really the thing which um, is one of the definitely one of the most important if not the most important thing is is to actually connect with people and connect with an audience and and try out your new collection of songs on on you know on an audience so that's uh, very important for me and well, I won't I won't be retiring well I look forward to Tiger Lily's 2030 <laughs> well, well, I hope so. It would be very nice if if that, that happens, and maybe you you could come and say, "I remember asking you questions, and I told you." No, you didn't tell me, but I was asking you questions whether there would be a renaissance. And look, here you are at the Royal Albert Hall, which is actually a place that 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 uh, we, we, somebody tried to get get us a gig at the Royal Albert Hall with the Kronos Quartet and they and they, and they actually said oh no I don't think so I think, think they'd I don't think they'd fill the space <laughs> I wouldn't fill the space well we'll show them now we'll I'm we'll playing at the Herodian in, in, in which is the big um, amphitheatre in, uh, in, in next to the Acropolis in Athens yes. in a few weeks and uh, they're going and they're going and, and I've, read, I've read these comments because they say the Tigers are not. It's t- definitely inappropriate that the Tigers are playing in this place. They can't. They will not fill the space. So there you go. <laughs> it's, it's 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 funny. It's people have this thing in their heads about you know what you do, and and there I am trying to be really dramatic and big, but I wouldn't. I won't fill the space. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking Thank to you, Ryan. Thank you. I'm crucifying Jesus, banging in the nails, and I am so happy because old Jesus failed. I'm crucifying Jesus, nail him to the cross. The poor old bastard needs a death that I don't give up to us. Thank you to Martin for taking the time to speak to me. You can find out more about the Tiger Lilies via this episode description of the podcast. Thank you to today's episode sponsor, Police. Make sure you go buy their album on Bandcamp, £2 bargain. A link to that album is again in the episode description. There'll also be a link on this podcast socials at Punks in Pubs. We'll be doing a Zoom call the next episode but till then stay well go get your jab so i can continue saying if you're going to a punk show and you see someone fall down you pick them right back up again bye-bye you see that crown of thorns upon his head well that was my idea i think i might be going to hell <laughs>